Blog Talk Radio. Oh, nice to... Hey, give her a round of applause, Enzo. This is a first. 
Oh, it was from Fort Lauderdale. Thank you so much for calling. This is this is a huge day for us. I think this oh, is showing I'm, like I'm a friend of Roxana Bernie's. Oh, wonderful. Oh. Well, you know, Roxanne's going to be here uh, in about 20 minutes. I think we've uh, actually gone through, well, for 25 minutes. And, uh, but that's good. So, I want to hear your show. I've never heard your show before. Well, we're going to rock and roll here because we've got a very special guest before Roxanne gets here. Uh, all the way from Beantown himself, this is his first time uh, as as a DJ host of the show. In fact, I'm going to step out for a little while because uh, we're going to bring in um, uh, Bucky, none other than Bucky. From Bucky, B-Town. my friend Bucky. Bucky, I love her. Bucky. She's my good boy. She's a good boy. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's see if we can give Bucky a proper musical introduction as well. And you've got, oh, you've got the applause ready, don't you, Enzo? You and, you and Bucky are friends. Is that right? Bucky's my best friend. Okay, let's see if we got this. Here we see if we get the... Uh, the right introduction, musical introduction for him. Uh, not that one. Come on, let's go. Here is your Here it is. Hey, round of applause for Bucky from Bean Town. Hey, Bucky. <laughs> hey, everybody. Bravo, this bravo. Hey, thank you for Hey, Enzo. Hey, Enzo, come and start. Come and start, my good friend, Bucky. How are you today? Come and start. It's very good. How are you doing? How are you doing, Bucky? <laughs> that's how you people talk. That's a good. Well, you know, that's that's very nice, Enzo. It's been a while. You know, how are things at the Opera House? Things are wonderful. we got all kinds of big things we'll talk about later. i got a big play coming up. i got a, an opera coming up, and i got a very special guest coming up in about a week. Uh, we're going to talk about that a little later, I think. How are you, Bucky? I know you've been busy this well, time I've, of year. Well, I've had, actually, uh, it was, it's not been a great week. Uh, we had uh, a little accident in, in, uh, in my last race. And, uh, what happened? Actually, can... Well, I, I'm, I've, I've got the, actually, Betty, and I, I, thank goodness I had my, my mobile phone with me because I was able to record it all. And you won't believe, uh, but this is it. Betty is, at this point, is, is trying to get me to, to the hospital. And, um, so are you ready? Oh, I hope it's enough. Oh, yeah, okay, serious. listen to this. There you go. Okay. No, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Hey, Here boys and girls, it's Saturday in Beantown. And you know what Saturday means? That's right, it's wasted. This could be a big day for Bucky. Let's listen in and see what happens. Well, Betty, look at this. It's a heck of a day for, for a race. What do you think? Oh, I'm, I, I tell you, this is a perfect day. You know, he's, and the Bucky boy, he's doing good. Look at this. It's a lap oh, 252. Wow. We only got three laps to go. Hey, look at this. He's, he's doing real good. He's keeping yeah, his yeah. pace. You know, and, you understand what's going on, do you? Well, not really. I just see him go round and round, and Bucky's doing, Bucky seems to be doing really good. What, well, that, being in front like that, that's a good sign, Well, no, Bob. no, he's not really in front, Betty. That's just because he looks like he's in front because Rex is so far ahead. You know, oh. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. He's got to... He's got to close them up a little bit, but he's ahead of the, the rest of the pack. It's just that this is what happens every year is that Rex is so far out in front, you know, and I'm a little worried that, you know, I think Bucky's going to do it, but, you know, he was, 
just in for that pit stop. And yeah. I'm, yeah, well, you know, you, you, I was glad. That, I was, it was really nice the way that you kept them up a little again and told them that, you know, you should, should you know, really yeah. come. Yeah. They, you know, how'd you, how did he look to you? Do you think he looked? He looked really good. I gave him a couple of molasses before he went out of the track. Yeah, I think that's going to do it. But I wish, I wish, I wish Rex would know he goes so fast. Well, he's, Rex is not going to slow down and let him catch him. You know that. That's well, I the race. He would. I know, but that's not the way it happens, Betty. You know, it's a race, and, and they're supposed to be the best. Well, it seems like they need to take turns. Uh, they, well, they are taking a lot of turns. It just took 252 yeah. turns. I'm not talking about that kind of uh, turn. Well, oh, no, they're not going to do that. That's the whole thing. You know, you, and especially Rex. He's a mean guy, you know. He's, he's, he's not going to slow down so Bucky can do it. Oh, oh, wait a minute. It looks like he's slowing down a little bit. I don't know what this strategy is. It's a little weird. Like his, his back end of his spoon looks like it's kind of twisting. Uh, uh, yeah, well, he's, he, maybe he's in a little bit of trouble. Looks oh, like Bucky's... Like look, hey, oh. Bucky's gaining. Bucky's oh, gaining good. Oh, he's, he's picking oh, up. Oh, my God. This is the best he's ever done. This is the best he's oh, ever God, done. He's, he's catching up. Yes, he is. He's, look at this. Oh, my, look at this. He's got a, I, Oh, my God. There it is. It's the first time ever. Look, he's yeah, ahead. He's ahead. 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 Bucky, you're going to do it, pal. Oh, you only God. got one lap to go. Look at this. Oh, oh. 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 Betty, it's really nice of you to, to take me to the I don't know what I would have done today. I mean, there was such a big pileup, you know, and there, was so, you know, there were only so many ambulances to take the other injured beings over there, and I, I'd still be waiting for an ambulance to come back. So thank, thank you so much. Oh, for, but you don't have to thank me. I feel so... I'm, I'm so... Don't, don't be upset. Without you. Don't, don't be upset, oh, Betty. Oh, my goodness. No, really, it's okay. It's okay. Are you, you okay? I don't know. I mean, this is... There's a white thing sticking out of my knee. I might be the bone. I'm not too sure. Oh, you know. yeah. well, I think with the humping, Bucky, get in my school right away. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, ah, okay, I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Okay, so let, let's step on a bit because it's really starting to hurt. Yeah, you know? okay. well, I, I hope you don't mind, but I think it'd be best if we stop here first. What do you mean, stop? What do you mean, stop? Well, I think we should go to the double dip and get well, you a double dip. Daddy, chugga, Daddy, chugga, 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 you chugga, see chugga, that? Chugga, you see that, me? This Look. will make you feel a lot better before we I go to know, the hospital. I, no, the best thing for me to feel better is to be looking right at a doctor who's looking at this knee and tell me whether that's a bone or not well, sticking out of there. Bucky, I can look at it now and tell you there's something wrong. I know there's something wrong, so that's why but, I have to go. But a lot of times, you know, like when... When people don't feel good, sometimes they have comfort food, and and that's what I'm thinking. Betty, like maybe Betty, you can see a little comfort food before we go. This is not the time for comfort food. This is the time for medicine, for okay, for for like an aspirin or something to stop this pain. All right, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? I'll go over to the pharmacy before we go to the hospital. No, 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 Betty. Your, you could get a no, drink no, of no, molasses. No, no, no. We need a. And you could get like an aspirin. Emergency. And you can feel a lot better. Hello, emergency. Understand emergency. Emergency room. Well, this is emergency. Give okay. you some Betty. aspirin. Yeah, no, Betty. I'm not a doctor, but I know that you could really use some aspirin yeah, right that's, now. That's what they have at the hospital, Betty. That's what I'm trying to say. Is get, get a step on it, But will you're you? acting like I don't really care. Yeah, I know you care, but you got the I wrong really up. care about your your leg and you... And it actually, you you look like your arm's not so good. Well, either. it isn't. It isn't. That you know, it's just, just I think that's more swollen. I mean, it's three times the size of the other one. Betty, will you please just go to the emergency uh, room? All right. Just are go you ahead. sure? Please just step I, on okay, it. Go ahead. Do you want me to go there first? Yeah, that or would maybe? be. That's that's what I have in mind. Yes. 
you're making you're, you're, Betty, okay. I was in a five five spoon pileup, Betty. There's a lot of things. Yeah, there was a really big mess. Right, and it's not look, all the bees were Betty, getting I'm into dizzy. the ambulances Betty, and, they, and they and they had the sounds of the. Yeah, 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 that was the ambulances. Yeah, what are you, what are you doing now? What are you, what, Bucky, what are you? I, got, I got my head out the window and I'm making um, ambulance sound because you, you want you're... me to go faster. Yeah, I do want you to go faster, but you're not an ambulance. Betty, Betty, you're not an ambulance. You're just, Betty, Betty, slow down. Bucky, it's a red light, but I'm going to go right through the red light because I'm an ambulance. Betty, you can't go through a red light. Okay, you think you're an ambulance, but Betty, oh my God, the fuck is this? Oh, you're Well, that certainly was a big day for Bucky, wasn't it? Not what he had in mind. Well, better luck next time, Bucky. Stay tuned. Yeah, well, there you go. Bucky. Thank you, thank you. I, I hope you like that. But there you go, Angel. It was not a good day. I uh, got in two accidents, no, no, one idea. on the track, and, yeah, and the other oh, one was Betty. Bucky, oh, Bucky, I... I don't know. I don't know what to say. I didn't know you had this big accident, and I know, but uh, yeah, was, I got a big know, headache from listening to Betty. Sometimes she well, gives me a headache. She yeah, makes she, me crazy sometimes. You she, know. Well, she, she she drives me crazy too, but uh, Enzo. But you know, it, it's it, it's you know, it is what it is. I really like Betty, and I love hanging out with her. But you know, the best thing of all was that I was wearing a, a helmet. So it, in in it, it, I, oh. I love this song because it's all about. I've got a new bike, new bike, now I rule the street. Bars for my hands and rear the mirrors and pedals for my feet. I've got my eyes on the road and my push on the state. I look both ways before I bring the heat. I'm rearing to go by before I say cheat. With nothing on my head, I feel so Because if I didn't have the helmet on, think of the trouble I would have been in there, Enzo. 
And it's certainly, Bucky, all the kids out there on the bicycles should always be wearing those helmets, no? That's right. Whatever they do, skateboard, you know, racing cars. Ooh. Well, I don't think they race cars, but, you know. Hey, Enzo, I'm, I'm here in the Please. studio because I'm running it for, for Tom, but look at this. There's another caller from 508-29. Oh, oh I won't give out the number, but do, do, <laughs> is, is this a talking call in or just one of those listening calls in? Who is this? 508. Come on, you can talk to us. It's Bucky. <laughs> maybe, they're, well, maybe they're a little shy. Maybe they're I shy. think they're just a little shy. They're just listening. That's okay. But we're glad to have you here because we love live listeners. And so, you know, what, in fact, speaking of that, why don't we go down and see what's happening in Beantown on, on some of the businesses down there? What do you think, Enzo? Oh, yeah, I like that. Cause I, yeah, absolutely. Because I visited... Uh, I, I I visited Papa and Mama Fajoli's last night, and they had a special uh, last night, and uh, it was a special pizza, and on that pizza is broccoli and the baked beans. Uh oh. Scusi. Oh yeah, I'm, there, uh, there you uh, go, uh, Enzo. Uh, I know about I'm you. Sorry. Scusi. Scusi. It was that's a right. good. Uh, Scusi. I'm yeah, so well, sorry, but uh, let's see. Yeah, when you're let's see business, what kind of. Let's see what kind of ads are going on down there. Let's see what we've got. Hello, Jose Ole Jumping Beans for Dead Trampolines. Want to jump like a jumping bean? I recommend one of Dead Trampolines. They are on sale now. So hop on down, jump on down, come down in your school. But however you get to Dead Trampolines, you're going to jump like a professional jumping bean. Jose Ole. Are you looking for a true bean experience? Try Benny's Bean Bags, a perfect way to wrap up a long week. Grab a bag, hang out with some really cool beans, and relax. Beanpak Chopra for Gandhi Candy. Looking for a transcendental experience? Looking to reach your higher bean? Your inner bean? However bean you want to be? Try Gandhi's Candy. So sweet you'd think you died and go to heaven. Beanpak Chopra for Gandhi's Candy. Lucky, those are the best of places. Is your modus men and yes. a mishap, wrecked, or scratched? In need of an estimate or a quote? Been there, done that? Come down to Honest Abe's Auto Body. We'll set you up so you can do it again. <laughs> Bernie Brownstein here at the law offices with Boinstein, Beanstein, Goldstein, Silverstein, and Boinstein. Have you been involved in an accident? You got headaches, you got backaches, you got toothaches, you got any kind of ache, looking for a good settlement? Don't be a victim. We'll get you back on track. Come on down. We'll see you there at the law offices, Bernstein, Bernstein, Silverstein, Goldstein, and Bernstein. Well, you know, I'm glad that, that the Beansteins, actually it was Bernie Beadstein, and I, I have, I'm so lucky that, um, that I'm friends with Bernie because he's handling my case in in both of these accidents, especially uh, the one where, well, I got you know when I went when Betty went through the red light and I got hit, oh, yes, you know I, yeah, well Betty and I, you know, we're having a little, yeah, we're having a little bit of problem because I'm suing Betty, um, you know, she oh, oh, doesn't no. know yet, but yeah, I'm suing Betty and the the other driver for for that little oh. mishap. Well, I've got all these medical bills. Enzo. Well, you got the Beansteins are the very best of lawyers in all of Bean Town, but if you want to sue your good friend of Betty, I don't know. It's no good. Well, you know, I'm really not suing Betty. I'm suing her insurance company. What am I supposed oh. to do, Bucky? I mean, 
You know, she's well, got to learn somehow. I mean, don't you think? Well, I don't know. Maybe you should uh, take her, you know, and get a double dip for her and make her feel better if you're going to sue her. Well, maybe, maybe you're right. I, you know, well, I was in so much pain. Yeah, well, Who's I was in so much pain. Who's your favorite person Is Betty is your favorite friend in Olive Bean Town, and you want to go right, to the Beans Inns? You're right. You're right, Enzo. That's Enzo, true. Enzo. I, yeah, well, you know, uh, hey, listen, I took a good whack in the head, Enzo, so I'm not thinking too straight. You know yeah, what I but, mean? but you know, Bucky, you've taken lots of whacks in the head. That's why I think you should wear a helmet, not just when you are racing. I think you ought to wear the helmet when you're just walking around town, you know? Because you have some problems sometimes falling down. You think you, it's you because really you think so? so much. Well, you think of so much. You always got so much on your mind that sometimes you forget. And, you know, you walk into poles and the mailboxes. And sometimes, in the, you know, you miss the door and walk into a building. And, because you're such a big thinker, you know. So maybe well, you should wear well, that a helmet. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll consider that. Well, you know something. While I've got all of these, you know, this, all of this legal stuff going on, I think it'd be good if I'm walking around being town with a helmet on. You know, everybody well, will know that. Sure. Yeah, well, and when I, when I go to court. Everyone will know it's Bucky, that's for sure. That, that, it, exactly, you know, exactly. <laughs> and when I go to the court, you know, then, you know, they'll see the helmet on my head and really feel bad for me. And, you know, maybe it'll be good, you know. I think um, so. Hey, I got a big news, you know, at the Opera House uh, next week. Big, big news. This is the bigger news. It's not even the uh, opening of my new opera, but this is a big, bigger news because uh, next week, for one night, just the one night only, we're going to have a big surprise for you. We are going to host Beantown's favorite son and the world famous pop idol, and his name, Justin Diener. Can you imagine that? Justin Unbelievable. Diener. You got Justin? You got Justin to come back? Oh, my goodness. After all the negotiations, he's finally coming. Oh, it's going to be so big. It's going to be the biggest thing in Beantown uh, ever. And that's, uh, he's the, you know, he's the better boy of pop, you know, Justin Beener. But he's going to be performing live for his hometown crowd. And, uh, you know, he's on his worldwide uh, tour of uh, all America. And, of course, he's going to start this uh, tune. It's a tour right in Abina Town at the Opera House, and he, you know, he comes from here, so he should do some good stuff. And uh, this is kind of an early warning for all the girls out there, because you know, all the girls in Abina Town, they love Justin Beener, because uh, they better get their tickets real quick. We're going to sell out in about two minutes, and if they go there and the and the uh, the box office says, "Oh, I'm sorry, we have no more seats," oh, they're going, their hearts are going to be broken. You know, they're going to cry, and uh, he'll be no, he'll just- be here one. We're so glad because he grew up here in Beantown, and now he's a That's big right. star. In fact, well, yeah, he, he and I get together a lot when, when I'm out in Beanywood, you know, and racing yeah. around out there. And he's so, you know, listen, hey, why don't, we, uh, why don't we do a little music here about another dangerous thing to do is, you know, flying kites. But I never knew it was this dangerous till I heard this song. took my little brother Henry to go and fly a kite. As I was letting out the string, Henry held on tight. Then suddenly it happened, I won't forget that day. A great big burst of wind took Henry away. Hang on, Henry, hang on tight. 
bird brain It's a plane, said Mr. Prop I said it's my brother Henry Do you think he's gonna drop? Justin got off the 
What's well, that? He may. I think you're right. That's such a good advice for everyone, you know, to to follow your heart. But you know, I think Justin, he's you know, maybe he'll get a little better. He's coming back to his hometown, and uh, maybe he'll uh, he'll calm down a little bit. And uh, you know, all his friends we will see probably for the first time in a longer time. His older friends, and he'll sing of these new songs and. And maybe he'll feel better, and it'll make everyone else to feel better, and he'll feel better. Well, too. you know, what I you think, think he should come down to the Bean Down Town Garage because it sounds like he's got a couple of screws loose. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes if they're too tight, it's worse than being too loose. Yeah, well, well you know, that, at the garage. Oh, well, we've been busy. It's you know, it's it's inspection time, and boss gets really excited when you know it's inspection time because so many you know vehicles are coming in, so many spoons. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get them. Well, listen, um, Enzo, we, um, mm-hmm. this is a very special show, and one of our guests will be will calling in. I think I'm, you know, a little while I have to get out of here, but I'm going to play uh, one more song because we have a couple of people coming in, and Tom's coming back to do the show. Hey, he's so, a nice uh, man. Why don't we play? Nice go- What's that? I said he's a nicer man. I like a Tom. He's yeah, he's, he's okay. He's, you know. he's a my paisan. For, you know, he's for a human, you know. I mean, he's not a bean. No, he's, but a, he's no a human, bean. He's not I know he's no bean. He's no bean. But right, he's well, a here, here's a great song by one of our guests, Toast, will be joining us in a bit, too, here. This is uh, Catherine Dines doing Goosebumps. Here, you ready for oh, this? Oh, I know Katerina. Oh, I love to hear Katerina's songs. Uh, here we go. What gives you skin a prickle? Goosebumps, that's what. Every time you eat a dill pickle, goosebumps, that's what. First you take a bite and you pucker, then you wish the pickle was a big sweet sucker. But it's too late, that bite is gone and you get goosebumps, da-dum. Going on now. What makes your body shiver? Goosebumps, that's what. Every time you jump in a river, goosebumps, that's what. First you stick your toe in the water, then you wish the sun was a whole lot hotter. But it's too late, you're already wet, and you get goosebumps, da-dum. Goosebumps give you such a thrill, like a roller coaster going uphill. Goosebumps happen easily, and everybody gets them for free. No matter what you do, you just can't win. You might as well face it, skin is skin. Nothing you can do to get rid of them. Goosebumps, da-da. What makes your knees start knocking? Goosebumps, that's what. Every time you see something shocking. Goosebumps, that's what. First you take a breath. And you worry, then you better get out of there in a hurry. But it's too late, you're scared to death, and you get goosebumps, da-dum. Goosebumps give you such a thrill, like a roller coaster going uphill. Goosebumps happen easily, and everybody gets them for free. No matter what you do, you just can't win. You might as well face it, skin is skin. There's nothing you can do to get rid of them. Hey, what do you think, Enzo? Wasn't that great? 
I love it. I love it. I love it. Katerina, she's a, that's a nice well, song. Well, guess what? I, enjoy that. I, see, I see that she's calling in right now, and I've got, I've got to get back to Beantown. I'm going to let Tom take over in a minute, but oh, I've got a couple of questions. Catherine, are you there? This is Bucky. Hi, Bucky. How are you? I'm doing great. I, you know, Tom let me let me get behind the studio while he went out for a bit. And, you know, I have one question about goosebumps. Cause I, I get oh, them when oh. I go, every time I race, I get yeah. the goosebumps. And, you know, yeah. you talked about you get the goosebumps when you go up the the, the roller coaster. I, yeah. What do you call those things when you're go, going down the roller coaster? What would those be, Catherine? Uh, those would be really, really big goosebumps and screaming goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good. Well, listen, it's been great being with you. I'm going to turn this over to Tom because he's got another guest coming in all the way from Florida. So thanks so much for letting me come by. Bye, you Bucky. Guys. Bye, Bucky. Ciao. So long, Enzo. Hi, Ciao. Enzo. Hi. Go. Bye-bye. Oh, is this a Katerina? It's Mr. Enzo. How are you doing, my friend? I'm so, I'm so glad to hear from you again. Just... Oh, Scoozy. Oh, no, oh, yeah, here you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness, I know it's no good, but hey, Scoozy, I am so glad to hear you again because you're my favorite and you give me the goosebumps. Oh. I get the goosebumps every time you call in. Oh, I love well, that. Hey, oh, listen, like guys, that. I'm back. I'm back. Hey, it's Tom, Tom here. Uh-huh. How, did go, how did it go with Bucky here, Enzo? Oh, Bucky's my Bucky's my good friend. Bucky used to get a little crazy sometimes, but uh, oh, he's a he's a good guy. He had a little trouble with Betty this week, I guess, and uh, I think we got a straight <laughs> yeah, you know, Yeah, it's know. very he's, interesting. He got into an accident, two accidents in one day, two accidents and, and now he's day, talking and he, to uh, yeah, Beanstein, the Beanstein, the Beanstein the agency. Yeah, in it, town, yeah, yeah, That's yeah good. it's tough. Well, listen, I you know we this is a great show because we're going to talk about lots of things today and hey Catherine thank you for being on board with us because we've got a special guest an author we have an author today yes all the way from Florida she's an author a speaker she has her own business she's an educator she's just perfect for kids and she's going to talk about a book she wrote about her daughter all the way from Florida Roxanne Bernie come on give her a big round of applause Enzo Hey, Roxanne, how are you? Hey, very well, thank you. Well, this is a big day for the uh, Beantown Pals Radio because you actually got a listener on board, a friend of yours, and she's, her last name is Penn. I did pick up her first name. Hi, Roxanne. Hi, how are you? Still here. Still yeah, I, I, I sent out a lot of emails and I put it on Facebook because I was so excited for the opportunity to talk about my book. Well, it's great. We also have a silent listener, somebody who's got goosebumps because they won't talk to us, but that's okay. They're listening. And if they feel like jumping in, please do. (laughs) Okay, Roxanne, we found each other in a very magical way, didn't we? We did. I do believe magic. You know, you can meet so many people from all over the world on Facebook. And I had just joined a storyteller page on Facebook, and I had seen something that Tom had posted about authors and writers and illustrators. So I sent him an email, 
and we connected. Yeah, and it was, so uh, cool. you had just put it up. I had just put the post up, and for the first time you had joined the site, and we connected, and then we found out we had a few things in common, one of them being that uh, I had cancer 55 years ago, and you are a long-time cancer survivor. I am. I'm a 33-year cancer survivor. I had Hodgkin's disease, cancer of the lymph nodes. Oh, my goodness. And how old were you? Well, I mean, we don't want to... We don't want to peg your age, but, I mean, we can do the math. About how so old was, were you? I was 24 when we discovered I had a 5-inch tumor growing between my lungs and my bronchial tubes, and it was suffocating me. And wow. I found a very good oncologist up in Duluth, Minnesota, at St. Mary's Hospital, and he saved my life. Oh, you have been here for 30 33 years you've been fine now, right? Yeah, I've I've been pretty pretty good, but um one thing with Hodgkin's disease, they had found out that if they sh- would shrink the tumors with chemotherapy and radiation and not remove them out of your body, there was a higher survivor rate. But the radiation um uh, years later, actually three years ago, I had open heart surgery. What the radiation did is it melted my heart cells. Oh, wow. So it, wow. It, it, it shrunk oh. the tumor. <clears throat> it shrunk the five-inch tumor. It gave me 30 more years. And then three years ago, I had open heart surgery. So I have some titanium mechanical valves. <gasps> wow, you're pumping. a bionic woman. I am. Wow. I'm the million-dollar woman. <laughs> it's like a, wow. it's a leg. Yeah. yeah. And I got a bionic leg. Yeah. Jeez. Wow, these yeah. are great. You um, know, we we I want to talk about a little of this later on because we're going to talk about some pretty wild stuff that we had an amazing conversation on my trip to Maine to go up there and see my favorite recording uh, engineer. But let's talk about your book and, and what, uh, how that all came about. Well, Johanna's Lazy Eye came about um, one day I, I got a phone call from a neighbor. She lived like a block away, and she was frantic. And her granddaughter was two years old, and she had a lazy eye and had just gone to preschool the first day with her brand-new glasses. And one of her little classmates pulled them off of her face and broke her glasses. And I said, oh, my gosh, that happened to my daughter, Johanna. And I had been working with the Literacy Coalition at the time, reading books to three-year-olds. And I thought to myself, and I was speaking with my daughter, Johanna, she was 17, about to graduate high school, and we were talking about, you know, some of her stories of the children pulling glasses off of her face, so I said, I need to write a book about this, because three-year-olds are so smart, and if they know and learn that eyeglasses are to help their little friends see you know, that maybe they wouldn't pull other children's glasses off. Hmm. And, Great. And, and so just from, I walked from her house to my house. I jumped on 
my typewriter and I just started writing a story like I was in the classroom speaking to my own preschool um, children, which I taught. And that's how Johanna's Lazy Eye um, came to fruition. Wow, great story. Yeah, I was just, I had just given the book to a kindergarten girl as a gift and she took it to school and her kindergarten teacher called me and and said, would you come in and read the book to the kindergartners? And I said, sure. And so I, last month I went and I read to 120 kindergartners at, in three different classrooms, but in the three different classrooms, there were six children with eyeglasses and one little girl had a patch on her eye to make her lazy eye gets stronger. So what they do is they they patch the eye that's starting to go blind. And um, so it, it was really good, you know, because sometimes I go into schools and none of the kids are wearing glasses. But they know kids that are wearing glasses also. But this school actually had six of them in corrective eyeglasses. Wow. May I say something? This is from Ashira. And what I think is so wonderful about your book, Roxanne, is that it teaches children empathy. And young children need to be taught empathy so that they can, you know, see how it feels to be in someone else's shoes. And that book illustrates it so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, know, it, it talks about a rule in preschool that they all learn that hands are for helping and not hurting. And so, you know, Jesse, he was one of the classmates, and one day he made a bad choice, and he went up to Johanna, and he pulled Johanna's glasses off of her face. And so all the – actually, I'm reading from the book right now. So all the children ran to the teacher and they told her that they had a problem. What is the problem? Asked the teacher. We had a safety violation. Joanna's glasses are all of her face, and Jesse didn't obey the rule. Jesse broke Joanna's glasses. And it's funny when I read that, you know, because I'm looking at the kids, and they'll have sad faces, and you know. They are feeling, you know, that (laughs) because before that page, um, they know that Johanna can't read the letters in her books or she can't see the illustrations because she needs to wear her glasses, you know, and then they're like, well, now she can't see. Wow. So so you do get a reaction from the kids. Oh, definitely. When when I was doing research on the book and I was working with the Literacy Coalition, I would read my book to my kids, and I would come back a week later. And one time I had a little three-year-old boy go, hey, Miss Roxanne, you know, Johanna really had a problem with that boy, Jesse. <laughs> but her mother, you know, and he recalled that from a week ago. And when he did that, I, I, that was one of the happiest days in my life because he remembered the lesson. Wow. Wow. It's, you know, and it's, 
you know, sometimes we want big results right away, but, you know, when you start changing things one little individual at a time, they start to multiply, especially what it sounds like the, the, the kids are reacting and, and encouraging, and, and they're getting the point. It's beautiful. Yeah, they are. They are, and, um, you know, at the the end of the book, the teacher says, now, okay, so the mom came in and she had to bring a new pair of glasses and and all the children were sitting in a circle on the carpet and the teacher says to them, now repeat after me, I promise, and then I have the kids repeat it, I promise, to use my manners, to use my manners each and every day, each and every day, and not pull Johanna's glasses off of her face and so that made Johanna feel safe and happy and all the children watched Johanna put on her new glasses and they all cheered hip hip hooray wow and it was yeah so um when you told me the other day when you read it you uh you found something interesting in the class you knew who the uh the the uh, go ahead tell it well, you know, this this book takes, if I just read it straight through, it takes eight minutes, but I get very theatrical, and I'm asking a lot of questions and getting feedback, and so I, I had, let's see, I had two classes, and so I had 40 children, and I said, now who can tell me what their favorite part of the story was? And one little boy goes, I really liked it when Johanna's glasses broke. (laughs) (laughs) And then I looked at the teacher and I go, okay, I think he could be the bully in the class. (laughs) You think? You know, Enzo has this problem. Whenever he goes out, uh, three-year-olds come up to him and rip his glasses off too. Right, Enzo? (laughs) Then they beat me up too. (laughs) <laughs> so, that's interesting. Oh. I was ahead. just going to say that it's interesting because I remember growing up and physical bullying wasn't that common. It was more like verbal bullying, you know, like uh-huh. uh, four eyes, calling each other four eyes and things like that. And it's been interesting how physical children have become. In a way. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. they've always been that way, but it's almost like maybe they're so, maybe there's a lot of frustration and they haven't been getting enough physical exercise. Maybe, I mean, I'm just wondering if you've noticed that. Oh, well, I, you know, I've been in the classrooms for 12 years and mm-hmm. as a substitute, and then I was a preschool teacher for 10 years. And, you know, it's almost like a form of expression for some of these kids. Yeah, yeah. But um, my daughter's own personal experiences, um, she was being bullied in second grade. Mm-hmm. And one girl actually took, ripped her glasses off of her face, ran around the school or in the classroom, and uh, broke her glasses, and when I when I came home, when she came home, and she told me that the next day, I went into school and I, I spoke to the principal, and you know because Johanna, she was nervous, and 
you know, we do these FCAT tests down in Florida, and um, it was right during the FCAT. And, mm-hmm. But um, what happened, I went in, I spoke to the teacher. I was very proactive, and the little girl was expelled from school. Because, wow. you know, we just can't, we can't accept that kind of behavior when our children's safety is being violated in their education. And mm-hmm. what Johanna did then is we got her contacts when she was in second grade. Yep. And she was the youngest uh, contact patient that my ophthalmologist had ever seen. She was in second grade. She got them in her eyes the first time, and, you know, that was, it changed her life because she wasn't bullied. She wasn't bullied for wearing glasses. And, um, yeah, but, you know, those are painful things that happen to all of us when we're younger. They do. But, you know, it starts very early. It starts in preschool, and they're actually learning the bullying at home with their siblings or mm-hmm. whoever, mm-hmm. and then they bring it into school. That's why, you know, classroom management has got to be. I never, ever had bullying in my classes because my kids just knew who was in charge, and it, we had to love each other because we were a family. Mm-hmm. Nice. You know. Nice. And nice. You know, you know and that's exactly true is that the – you know, unfortunately, there can't be a bully without a victim, and uh, you know that. And a lot of times, I mean, that's there's got to be learning on both sides, both on the side of uh, you know letting the bully know that that's not acceptable, but also on the side of the victims. Um, you know, as I'm watching raining CMN recently, the past few days with Children's Music Network, Catherine, they've been talking about this, uh, you know, confrontation of, you know, telling. You know, I think a lot of kids who are victimized don't. Don't come out and tell. No, they don't. And it's really sad because those are the kinds of things that, you know, literature can do and music can do. It brings children out of their shells and helps them and allows them to communicate in a safe way about things that may be going on. And that's what Tom's program does. You're Bucky and Betty. It's the same thing. You're teaching them life lessons through your uh, radio programming. Yeah, that's yeah, I like think, now if you, you know, Go ahead. I was I just wondering if Catherine's written anything about bullying, Catherine. Have you touched on it in your song? I actually have. Um, I have a song called No Way Jose, and it, it's about, it's not so much about bullying as it is about tolerance and acceptance, and it's, you know, it's about a kid who wants to play baseball, but it's his first day of school and nobody wants him to play. And uh, it's, you know, it, it it really tugs at people when they when they um, hear it. I've played it a lot for different age groups, and we talk about the importance of accepting others and and uh, inclusion into whatever anyone else is having, whether it's a conversation or whether it's just making someone feel welcome who might not feel comfortable in their own skin. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's you right. know, that, that was my intention for my book because when I pitch it, I say it's a character-developing book focusing on special needs, which um, amblyopia is 
you know, eye vision and disabilities are way up there on the disability chart. And it was at an event where I was reading this book and a little boy brought it up to me and said, he's bullying Johanna. Oh, interesting. And he oh. brought it to my attention, my attention, and, and I was like, oh. Like when I wrote oh. it, I was trying to teach a rule. Hands are for helping, not hurting, why children wear glasses. And so one of my little audience members, I think he was in first grade, and then I, then the light bulb came on for me, and um, yeah. So one of my kids prompted me with the bullying message in this book. So interesting. Now, can I ask you what you guys are doing? It's just wonderful. I was a teacher for forty-two years in the classroom, and I know that one of the most important things is for children to learn immediately how to love and accept themselves so they can love and accept others. Beautiful. And, of course, it begins in home, but it also begins in schools and classrooms. And I do know that there are a lot of teachers who use these kind of wonderful materials in their classroom. I just think we need to focus more on that rather than testing. (laughs) Just my bias. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Catherine, what do you think of that? (laughs) Oh, boy. I sure wish you could clone yourself about 25,000 ways. (laughs) Yeah, really. <laughs> you, you know, um, you know that, that, that what's really important here, you know, myself being quote disabled, you know, and I just never, nobody ever picked on my disability. We made fun. I think the part, a lot of it was because I was able to uh, jest about it myself, <clears throat> you know, because I lost my leg when I was thirteen. But um, I think also uh, people always tell me, you know, it's. So this is a learning, a teaching and a learning um, problem for the kids because, it, like I said, it works both ways. And what both of, everybody's doing here today is we're not, yeah, there's bullying, but you see the positive. We're, we're taking that twist and we're saying, well, instead of concentrating and saying on bullying, 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 what you're all saying is we have to teach love, we have to teach inclusion, we have to teach empathy. And when you teach oh, the yeah. positive... You know, it was Mother Teresa said, don't ever invite me to an anti-war rally. Invite me to a peace rally. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. True. And, and, yeah, and so yeah. this is an empathy r- rally. This is an inclusion. This is a loving. I mean, I love that. Um, hands are for helping, not for hurting. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they're so receptive to love. You know, yeah. they just soak it, they soak it up like sponge and sponges and um you know i have i'm just finally stepping out back with the children because my doctors are like you know give themselves like three years to so they didn't get infected and stuff because you know you walk into a classroom and you're walking into a germ factory but (laughs) when i walked into the classroom they all said are you a real author? <laughs> and I would just smile at them and, and um, you know, just send them the love. And they're so responsive. They soak it up. Mm, they just so they were like, I don't want you to leave. Don't leave. You're so funny. And, 
Yeah, I didn't want to leave either because I felt the love. You know, we had a little love festival going on. But, um. <laughs> well, Catherine, you get that. You just had a beautiful story the last show about going in and one little girl was withdrawn in what your music did. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think anybody who reaches out to children in a way that's artistic or um, doesn't talk down to them or really kind of relates to where they are has an opportunity to open the door to just embracing them for who they are. And they pick up on that, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. They're so impressionable. Uh Uh-huh. And if you can drop that seed in their little heart, you never know if they're going to pick up a guitar or go home and journal and, and write a poem or write a song or, yeah, you know. Yeah. You know, I, so. I, I get, I'm so blessed because I, <clears throat> I love education and I love uh, the art of teaching. And I think it, it's truly a, every bit as a, an art as, music or, or comedy or anything else and it's because co- it's communication and it's lifting people to new levels of consciousness and it's amazing you know mm-hmm. I, I well i learned something in sales that when i would approach a, a reception desk that that whoever was the receptionist i knew immediately by her reaction to me and vice versa who the manager or who the head of that department was because all of that energy floats down, you know, drifts down to the bottom. So if the if the the person in charge is a loving, empath, you know, person who's empathetic, uh, who's who teaches what, everything that you're doing, it it filters all the way down. And yet, when I see class I and mean, going to schools that are discipline factories that are, you know, all about the rules and all about the regulations, there's nothing but first of all, the attitude is terrible, and second of all, there's there's pandemonium. Because mm-hmm. they're like Mother Teresa says, don't send me to an anti-war rally. Send me to a peace rally. Right. You know, when you're laying down rules and everything else, it's like somebody told me the other day uh, when I did my comedy show, and he said, "I'm coming to the show. Don't pick on my wife." <laughs> well, what do you think <laughs> I thought about all week long? Was was doing exactly what he told me not to do. So, you know, this is what I love about what you're saying is that, you know, you you go from instead of keep. Uh, uh, talking about the negative, you're you're you're, ta- you're emphasizing the positive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's funny um, because whenever I do a reading and I I leave for my story lady gig, I always tell them that I love them and I blow them mm-hmm. kisses. And, you know, they don't hear, a lot of children don't hear that a lot. I go to a lot of inner city schools or Title I schools that are getting government assistance, you know, with their food programs. So these are a lot of poor communities that I'm in. And um, (laughs) I'm always doing social experiments with them. And I said, okay, I love you. And... 20 of them ran over to me and just hugged me and fell over. (laughs) See, see, on that story, that is, you're living your purpose, Roxanne. By going to the schools, I know I've been retired, I think, almost 14 years, and I can't stay away from the children. I have to go into the classroom and, you know, just be with them and and teach um, self-esteem skills because that was what I needed to learn the most in my life. 
And it helps me. I feel better, but I know that that's why I'm here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's you're why perfect. you're here. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just... <laughs> Catherine I and I... I... I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> that's why we're all here. Make everyone laugh. <laughs> you're here to make us laugh, Enzo. We love you, Enzo. Maybe we love you, you, Enzo. We love you. We love you. plague, maybe. And don't you let them take off. You know, um, I, I'm, st- I'm so that there's a connection, so that I really haven't caught your first name, Ms. Penn. But, oh, I'm um, Shira. Shira, is that Shira. right? Shira. Okay, yes, Shira. Shira, Shira um, you're absolutely right. And what, now, you said, you know, self-esteem was an issue. Did you find that as you mastered that, that things changed in your reality? Oh, absolutely. I have a whole story I could go through with that. (laughs) It starts at the beginning in 1971 when I got my master's degree and a divorce at the same time because I didn't want to be abused anymore. I knew that I was better than what, you know, but I've been married 11 years and had two children. But so it's been a process for me, a journey. Yeah, well, uh, and exactly, you know, when levels of, we talked about this the last show, Catherine, we talked about the true story of in France when the uh, chorus teacher, the music teacher, went into a reform school and started right. to form the choral group. And the more positive energy and the level of consciousness and the vibration in the school picked up. And this is what happens. This is part of the byproducts of, you know, raising your consciousness, of, of getting educated and everything else. All of a sudden, you cannot tolerate the things that you were <laughs> tolerated right. before. That's right. Correct. That's right. And you also so learn I, tools to, to change. Um, like, you know, talking about vibrations or the law of attraction, I learned what I was doing to create that in my life and how to change it. And those, those things can be taught to children Absolutely. and to adults and women who, you know, who are abused or, you know, um, we can work on that. Absolutely. Yeah, we can work on it. I, I just want to share something with you because, um, you know, I'm, I'm really passionate about all forms of literacy, the spoken, the written the books we read, and, you know, it it happens at a family table, you know, and a lot of families aren't really eating together anymore. A lot of these children are so overscheduled, they're picked up, uh, they go through a drive-thru, they're eating food from school to to their, um, you know, ballet lesson or whatever, so... Our families are eating in shifts, you know, just because of the scheduling. And that that is where I learned my communication. So, you know, every time I go out to eat, like the other day I went out to eat and I saw a family, a mom with four different children, and they were all on their cell phones or on their laptops. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And none of them were engaging in any kind of conversation. And mm-hmm. eating is such a high bonding experience, you know, mm-hmm. when you're breaking your bread. And um, I, I want to write a book about that. <laughs> That's going to be my next book. I think it's a great book to, to have. I think that's a fantastic concept. 
I think Bucky and Betty are going to have to do a story now that we brought this up because that is one of my pet peeves of all pet peeves is I grew up exactly the same way in an Italian-Irish household, and thank God the Italian side was the one that cooked. Right, Enzo? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Because if if I had an Irish mother, I wouldn't have the appreciation for food that I have today. But it was mandatory that we all sat together. And it was a celebration of the day. It was a time, not not always, because some nights it turned into a real real Donnybrook. And and that was part of the Irish side of it all. But you learned all of that. You learned how, you learned about anger. You learned how to resolve anger. You learned first of all, you learned uh, in my family, especially you learned the the art of debating. <laughs> oh, I bet you did. Oh, yeah. That sounds amazing. <laughs> That's a nice word. Right, and you learn how to agree to disagree, where you don't get you know take things personally, where you just know that that's your opinion, and I have a different opinion. So you have the right to your own opinion. Mm-hmm. You don't have to get so angry, you know, mm-hmm. at other people. We so. have a new caller, 619. I hope this isn't a person who has goosebumps. If you want to talk up and identify yourself, <laughs> please jump in on the conversation. Uh, do we? Do you want to talk, 619-405? I won't say the other numbers. Yes, I would like to talk. I, I'm an educator in San Diego. and Wow, I welcome. Thank you. Thank you. And I use Roxanne's book in my classroom. Lucky, it's me, Melly. Hi, Melanie. Hi, sweetie. And I just can't tell you the uh, value of a different perspective. Um, I, I teach in a relatively uh, high income area, and our kids rarely see diversity uh, like you're talking about, like Roxanne going into inner city. And I'm so grateful uh, for this hopefully new book coming out, uh, Breaking Bread Together or whatever the title will be, <laughs> because we need it desperately. We need this in our society. And, I, and you know, if anyone had just a, a clue of how to take step one, because I'm with you on all those communication skills, resolution skills, uh, conflict skills come from dialogue initially starting in the family. How can, as an educator, how can we encourage families to see this as a priority? What, what would be a concrete step one to say? Well, yeah, one I thing mean, I did is I started doing home visits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, and they would invite me over for tea or lunch on a Saturday or dinner. And um, that was one thing I did. And then, you know, when we would sit around our table and have snack time and lunch and, but, you know, I speak about it and I've lost a lot of friends because of it, because um, they're not eating together. (laughs) You know, people get real funny when you talk about their eating habits. And, and this is such a foundational thing with family and creating those bonds and the literacy, you know. I Sometimes you just have to be really bold. I, You know, I, I ask them, do you eat together? What meal do you eat together? 
Mm-hmm. And what do they usually say? I'm curious. They say no. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. say no. I might have like one student in a classroom where they eat together. Oh, oh the pain. The pain of that. The yeah, pain no, but, you know, May I just but, say, just interject one more thing? I hate to be a, a bitty body, but uh, you guys are touching on so many things that are so dear to my heart. I have been involved with several workshops that are for parents. It's called Redirecting Children's Behavior, but it's really about redirecting the parents' behavior. And, of course, yeah. they recommend story time or family time or, you know, whenever you can make the time, do that. You know, communicate from your heart. I do a thing I call it loving circle time, and I've done it in my family. I've done it with um, my classroom. But I think teaching parents how to do that is also a good thing. And the ones who are resistant, they have the excuses like, well, we're so busy. You're blaming me. It's, you know, my kids are messed up. It's my fault. But they don't want to accept that it's their fault or they have any responsibility in it to also be taught too. And I guess by pointing it out, Roxanne, that's, you know, that's a good thing to do. But I think even probably that will work better. First of all, I think teaching the children <laughs> is, uh, you know, a first step because then they'll go home and tell their parents. Yeah, yeah I, think, think, I think that that the more things that people can do to encourage just one night a week, you know, <laughs> if you just start a little and yeah, then right. you know, and no no devices allowed at the table. It's all about talking to your kids. That's so huge that is just so huge. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's talking about love and what a way to share love than through communication and listening, which is the biggest to me love activity there is. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you mm-hmm. that that shows the ultimate respect and not just voicing your opinion, but, you know, allowing whatever somebody else has to say, think or feel into your heart. Um, so, you know, this is, <laughs> as I tell Catherine every week, I am I'm absolutely blown away by the power of this particular program because you know, these, these are ills that I've seen a long time, and I think I approach them from a point of anger because I, I found it so disruptive and so contrary to what's necessary. But here we are, you know, I'm learning something today that, you know, it's not so much to get um, angry about it and criticize it and knock it, but to to start to provide a solution. And that's what you're doing here is you're saying, right. let's, let's educate, let's educate the parents. Let's, let's wake them up because they're unconscious. Everybody's unconscious to what this I is doing. By what you're saying, just gives me goosebumps. What you focus on, you get more of. So if we exactly. focus more on the loving and and that kind of sharing, hopefully we'll get more of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The, you know, the um, I would see it. You know, I was divorced for a long time, and if I was dating, especially, you know, you went into a single mother's home, and five or six o'clock would come. And, you know, a pizza would be delivered. And then one kid would run in from the yard, pick up the piece of pizza, and head back out to the yard or to a friend's house. Another kid would take it in front of the television, and the third one would go upstairs to the computer. And I would say, uh, what was that? And they go, well, that was dinner. And I would just be, you know, Uh incomprehensible. Incomprehensible. But, you know, instead of reacting the way I did, I think... 
boy, books, and now that you've done this, I think Bucky and Betty are definitely going to talk about this in, uh, in, in, a, in a story. Yeah, it's, I think yeah. it's just being conscious of it, being aware of it, and um, just putting it out there in the universe. You know, I had a situation happen to me on Friday. I've been coaching a family of immigrants for 10 years, and they came over just to stop by and say hello to me. And so the mom and her youngest daughter, uh, they were sitting on my couch. And the little girl looked at me, and she said, Miss Roxanne, we don't eat together. Out of the blue. Out of the blue. In front of her mother, Walmart, uh-huh. and and I said, well, what do you mean by that? And and but I mean, I even mentioned that she goes, we all eat at different times. But oh. I know that today I definitely have had a light bulb moment. So, um, you know, now I'm an empty nester, and I'll tell you the hardest thing about being an empty nester. It's having both of my kids go to college, and my husband works nights, and I had to eat alone. And mm. I never, ever have eaten alone. Wow. And, and it was, I would just sit there and cry because wow. my soul was so used to that time with my kids. And um, <laughs> now, I, now I eat with my dogs. All kinds of books about each one to be with my dog. Oh my goodness. I, I so appreciate what you all are doing. I'm gonna sign off. I'm gonna keep listening while I get ready for work. And let's just keep sending love out there. Uh love does change it all. So thank you for all that you folks are doing and um blessings on this show. Thank you, San Diego, and thank you, and thank you for calling in. That's a big gift to us. Uh, okay, I'm going to say goodbye, too, so thank you so much. I really thank you, Roxanne, for sharing that this information oh. with me, and this is a wonderful program to listen to. I'm going to Isn't listen it? again. It's just fabulous. Yes. Thank you so much for calling okay. in. Yeah, and, um, thank you. And, and all you medicine people, if you want to talk, you can talk yeah. and see other people are talking. Yeah, no, you know, so when, Go ahead. When you eat with your dog, I hope yeah. you don't get on the floor with him. No, I'm sitting, and then I feed them, like, pieces of chicken. <laughs> but the, the lady that was on from Florida, um, Shira, She's written some wonderful children's books also and words of wisdom. And I had sent something out to her yesterday on Facebook. Well, we'll have to have her on the program and feature her her books. Yeah, yeah. So, um, go ahead. I was just going to say so anyway. But, yeah, so, you know, um, I I think the whole thing is priorities in life. Yeah, well, you know, can I ask, what what do you think the effect of the bullying was on Joanna? Did Do you see, did it, did it mold her? Did it move her in a direction? Did she become more despondent? Did she 
once it was over? Did she learn something from it? What was the net effect, do you think? How does she talk about it she, now? Yeah, she learned that being different in a classroom doesn't go unnoticed by other people because, you know, she wore eyeglasses. And she learned how to let it roll off of her shoulders. Wonderful. You know, it made her a stronger person. There we go. And, you know, and I, she does have, I mean, she, I mean, she grew up, her mom was a cancer survivor, and um, she's a real strong woman right now and has great leadership characteristics. Yep. So, um, yep. you know, but I, I will I, always remember that day when we were sitting on my couch right before her high school graduation, and I could just feel her pain. Yep. You know, because she was hurt. Her spirit was mm-hmm. hurt, you know. And she's not a mean little girl. She was never a mean little girl and would never think of violating someone like that. So for kids to try to understand why someone would do that to you, you know, but um, but it hasn't damaged her development in any way because um, she got a book out of the deal. <laughs> well, you know that you guys are leading up uh, to something that I found on YouTube the other day. And Catherine, I know you have a, an affinity for rap. Uh, are you aware of this thing that um, that's kind of going viral right now about this? Um, um, the um, it's like the America's Got Talent. Yeah, the the two Sorry. boys. Did, did you hear it? Yeah, I did. Wow. I missed. What's going on? Yeah. It, it was just okay. uh, Ellen threw a man to her show the other day. <clears throat> she had one of the. Can, can I play this? If you guys got a few minutes. Yeah, go ahead. This is so. So, uh, Catherine, you have not heard this yet. I'm not sure. I, I missed the first part of that conversation. Well, I what heard? it is is it's it's uh, it's about bullying in Britain, and and it was on Britain's Got Talent. And you're oh, going to yeah, see the I, net of. You did see it? Yes, but go ahead and play it because I think it's really important. Yeah, well, and it's about what I was trying to get to about Johanna and how did she react to it because this is obviously a message. So here it is. Welcome to Britain's Got Talent. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Um, so what are your names, boys? Uh, my name's Charlie. And my name's Vionre. And uh, together we're Baz and Melody. Bam. What's the dream with you two guys? I just want to deliver it to you people. I just want to give an awesome performance. I get ya. I get ya. What does your mum and dad do for a, for a job? My mother's a uh, personal trainer and my father's a stonemason. Stonemason! Hey, bro. And you? My mum's a cook in a school. Dinner lady, yo! And, um... <laughs> Um, my stepdad, he owns his own company. He's a businessman, yeah! <laughs> Can I just say one thing? Alicia, I love you so much. You're my inspiration. He fancy Alicia. He don't like Amanda. Amanda, you're beautiful as well. He is lying. Um, boys, can I just ask you, uh, what are you singing? Well, it's uh, Hope by Twist and Faith Evans, but it's a bit of a twist in the rap because I wrote it myself. What's the song about? It's about anti-bullying. Uh, so anti-bullying? Just, yeah, because it's something that I feel deeply about. 
I started rapping because I went through a very hard time in primary school. I was getting bullied. As a parent, it's one of the hardest things to see your child upset and going through emotional turmoil. It is hard, very hard. When I used to be like down in the dump, I used to write down my rap. I could express myself through what I was writing down. I was very happy with the way Leon J dealt with it. He actually stood up to the bully and resolved the situation. I moved schools and a uh, much better environment for me. I love school. <laughs> I really do love school. It's amazing. I'm very proud of him. Very proud. The first time we met, we really clicked. It was just an automatic connection. Like, I didn't think it would be like that. We're brothers. I think music's made him a lot stronger. If it wasn't for his music, he wouldn't be as confident and as cheeky, you know? It, it just helps him a lot. We really want people to listen and um, hear our lyrics that are in our song. OK, good luck. Thank, Thank you. you. real deal 
Yep, they sure yep. are. Yeah, and, uh, I think you know, it's I one, think those one thing to see, change it. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I mean, that thing is just skyrocketing, viral, and you know that was my point. I mean, to, it's one thing to watch it, and you know, and, and this is the beauty of listening. When you take away the visual, you just hear some. I mean, you you were obviously caught by, you know, the the souls of those kids. But when you hear, when you just knock out the visual, and you really hear the message and the the intent and the emotion in their voices. Uh, mm-hmm. It's extremely powerful, but that was my point that day. Was that listening to this with? <laughs> and I asked you about Joanna, and you hit it perfect. You said she got a book out of the deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and in this case, you know, I recently read David and Goliath by Malcolm Gadwell, who's one of my favorite. Uh, oh, Gadwell isn't he one of my fabulous? Oh, just amazing! He's I mean, the first book so was the great. tipping point. Which yep. was the tipping point for me, and then to and, then and David Blink. and Goliath. What's that? And then Blink, which was great. Yeah, I, I had a lot. I, I, I have to read that again because I didn't. You know, I, I thought it was. Sometimes he gets a little too mechanical. Um, yeah. You know, everything is yeah, material and physical. You know, he doesn't. He doesn't allow. Although in David and Goliath, he started to allow for the spiritual, but uh-huh. um, he, he uncovered the amazing truths that I had never. The mo- most of society is not aware of is that what we think the ad- when we think the advantage always goes to the bigger and stronger, and especially in the case of bullies, is not always mm-hmm. true. And that's why he used David and Goliath. Was that Dave uh, Goliath was ber- was first of all he he had a, a brain disease. And he because he was so big, he had something affecting. Um, his, he was just a big big man, big big being, and they suited him in all this armor, et cetera. And, well, they put him up against this little 12-year-old or whatever. And, and, but what people don't realize is the, when they had a slingshot in those days, they were the equivalent of a marksman with a rifle. They could actually yeah. pinpoint. And so they, the Goliath never stood a chance And mm-hmm. because of the skill set of David. You know, David just kept his distance, kept flinging rocks at poor Goliath, and he went down. And... And so he said, and, and he talked about all of the adversity that people go through that we as a society say, oh, isn't that too bad? And it is unfortunate. It is tragedy. But the net effect of somebody who takes the negative and turns it into the positive, as Joanna did and as these kids did, and I'm saying, so let's, you know, when I got through with the, you know, knowing what I knew from David and Goliath, I let, who's, who's the winner in this whole bullying situation? The bully? Are these two kids? Mm-hmm. Nobody will ever know. Nobody will ever hear of the bully. Right, right. You know, these two kids are stars now because of the bullying and because of the approach they took to the bullying, and it became. Yeah, were... You know, that pain got translated into a beautiful song. Yeah, he was proactive, and he would go home and journal and write it. His poems and his rap song. Right. <laughs> exactly. And but, um, you know, you know bullying. But, go ahead. If somebody can say, mute it, their phone, it, there. It, it just go doesn't ahead. happen with um, children either. I mean, it's in the adult world too. I had a bully in the hospital who was a doctor. He was bullying yep. me. What? Yep. And 
Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Put yeah. Down it. Oh, um, yeah. Absolutely. And it was a teaching hospital, and so I got my slings, uh, slings, wait, what's it called? I, I got my rock, and I said, Johanna, I got Johanna, I want you to write the director of the cardiac program, um, and t- because he was bullying me right in front of Johanna, and so, yeah, but he doesn't work there anymore, right. because yeah. I was the first patient he had done it to, but I was the first patient that documented and was proactive about, because I thought, oh my gosh, I would hate for this to happen to someone else. Yep. The way he yep. was because, speaking to me. Right. Exactly, and that's the thing about taking it. Well, if you don't have enough self-esteem to think about yourself, to protect yourself, then think about the other people that you can help by, you know, getting this bully out of commission. Yeah, so, um, but anyway, yeah, it's all about just spreading the love. <laughs> well, <laughs> the love. <laughs> well, I think this has been, again, beyond belief. What do you think, Catherine? Uh, I think it's so great to talk to all these amazing people who are spreading their love and joy in the world and great messages, and so wonderful to meet you. I can't wait to read your book. Oh, thank you, and, you know, thank you for the opportunity. I, I have to say to me, it's definitely put some fire under me, so and inspired me just to get out there more and, and read this book and share it with the children and get into the schools and the camps and, you know, the time let's is do, now. Exactly. Well, speaking of that, let's do the website thing, Catherine. Yours first. Sure. And then we'll do Roxanne's. Go ahead. Well, my website is hunktabunkta, that's H-U-N-K-T-A-B-U-N-K-T-A, and it's hunktabunkta.com, same on Facebook. And okay. um, if you want to check out my song on bullying, it's No Way Jose, um, or actually inclusiveness is better. And right. And what's yours, Roxanne? Just like my name, Roxanne Bernie, B-I-R-N-E-Y dot com. And, and Roxanne is R O X A double N E. Yeah, R O X A N N E B I R N E Y dot com. Perfect. Well, I am again blown away. You brought in first record here for us, huh, Catherine? We had two callers. We actually had more, but two spoke. That was exciting. A teacher, and I think she was really looking for information. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of something uh, to think I'm about. Just, yeah, that's, that's a right. great um, mastermind thing, just to sit around with a bunch of parents and teachers. Even the dog agrees. Even yeah. the dog agrees. I'm so sorry. <laughs> No, oh, that's no way. You know, these are total master classes, as we said the other day. And let's close out, Catherine. You know, my favorite song from is that I found. And I think what's so soothing about this song is that this friend, this imaginary friend, takes care of all the bullies. It takes care Aww, of the bullies. Oh, that's cute. Like, that's right. That's sort of true. where it started. <laughs> Yeah, how many how many people would love to just have that big brother or sister or friend or aunt or uncle that was just still within the <laughs> the take age care of bullies. that they could take oh. care of bullies? 
Um, yeah. <laughs> and I'm no, thinking of an thanks. incident that I had when I was a parent. My daughters came in the house, and uh, <clears throat> there was a 14-year-old bully in the neighborhood. My daughters were six and four, and they came in the house because he had hit them. And uh, <laughs> it, well, it it didn't turn out too nice for him. I went out of the house. I didn't even have my prosthesis on. I had, I don't know why he stopped, but I chased him in my crutches. <laughs> oh, you did? And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he stopped because he was such. A, he was so cocky and so brazen and so tough. You know, I don't know. I can only imagine what his poor problems were. But I said to him, you know, did you hit my daughters? And I said, yeah. I said, you know, 14, and, you know, that's an 8 and, and, and 10 years spread on these kids. And he says, so what are you going to do about it? I said, Ooh. well, I'm telling you not to do it again. Yeah, I said, he says, I says, I'll take care of it. He says, if you try to even touch me, he says, I'll sue you. And I don't know how it happened, but I, I, grew, up in, see, I grew up in the toughest section of Boston and ran from bullies right. my entire life. And all of a sudden, my hands were around his neck. <laughs> Ooh, Thomas! And, and he was turning red. And I told him that uh, if he did sue me, he better hope that they, I went to jail forever. <laughs> because oh, when I got out, no. it wouldn't be pretty. And my wife said to me, what did you just do? And I did it in front of the entire cul-de-sac. I mean, I, I had there were witnesses upon witnesses upon witnesses. And... Uh, she says, well, we're going to get sued. I said, nothing will happen. I said, because now he understands, you know, that that is not permissible and that it will be. Oh, so what's he going to do, stand in a court and say, yeah, I had a, a four- and a six-year-old? Um, and so it was, it was settled. And, but, you know, we're hoping that what we did today, that through this education and everything and the positive part, that, you know, fathers don't have to go out with one leg and crutches and choke kids. <laughs> <laughs> not, to not to beat their little children up. <laughs> so it, here it is. This is a beautiful, soothing song. Roxanne, I can't thank you enough. What do you think, Catherine? This was one of the best shows ever. It was great. Every time yeah, we do a fun. show, you get better, Thomas. Oh, well, very thank fun. You so much. The law of attraction is working. So. How sweet. This is, uh, you know, I, I look at every one of these shows, especially when this kind of chemistry happens. Again, they are master classes, and they're books unto themselves. They're audio books. Right. Yeah. And they're yeah. saved. Yeah. And yeah. It, what's beautiful yeah. about them is that there's six or seven authors we had today. That's the other beautiful yeah, thing. Yeah, that's incredible. New yeah. record, maybe. Yeah, huh? there's a lot of us out there, definitely. Yeah, well... Thank you so much, and we're going to sign Thanks, off with Thomas. The, Thanks, Roxanne. It was nice yeah, to meet thank you both. You. Thank All you. Take care. And a pleasure. Here's, Take care. And here's right. Hey Sam from Catherine Dines. Here we go. Okay. Take good care.
listeners wow 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 what a show thank you one and all thank you callers thank you Roxanne thank you Catherine thank you Enzo thank you Shira thank you San Diego and all of the callers that listened but didn't talk <laughs> thank you so much and uh, we'll be back soon we'll actually be back Saturday so call in again and let's have some fun hey Hello? Are you still airing? Uh, just a second. I'll, I'll um, 508-295-0886, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, call me. I'll, I'll call your number right back. We're going to end the show right now. Thank you for calling. And I'll be right, I'll call you right back. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Have a great day. Beantown on Lansdowne Street. You can hear the music playing, just follow the beat. For real, you can feel the excitement in the air. Leave your worries behind and just forget about your cares. Grab a Frank at Fenway and see a soft game. Cause sometimes you wanna go where everybody knows your name.